Oh, oh, Gravity Falls, it is good to be back! Wow, that was a really great intro. I really liking it. What are you? What are you? Still, your thoughts on the intro, Billy? Still pretty good, you know. Second episode talking about it, but it's worth being talked about. Welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. I'm Billy. You know, the the better co-host. How dare you? <laughs> you know, my love for you is bottomless. Even though oh. we're not a couple. <laughs> yep. <laughs> nope. Nope. Sorry, you're not my type. Anyway, welcome oh, to the show, faster. guys. <laughs> you want to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Raul. Raul Rodriguez. And also, as always, is well. Fuck. That's the thing. I always do the intro first. You bastard. I wanted. I wanted to switch it up a little bit, much you... like this episode switched up things. Yes, it switched up things. You took me off from off guard. Where? This is the Gravity Falls Season 1, Episode 14, The Bottomless, the bottomless Pit. Yes, and it's an anthology episode, so we get three mini-stories. So, it starts with Stan, Seuss, Dipper, and Mabel going to a pit, which is apparently bottomless. And Stan throws things in there. What he primarily throws is Mystery Shack suggestion cards and he has a lot of them in his fez for some reason mabel throws in creepy love letters from lil gideon and a photo and a photo and she's just like die die (laughs) seuss just takes off his shoes and dipper's like why are you doing that and he's just like throwing stuff dude everyone's doing it (laughs) and he also also throws down a barbecue grill (laughs) where did that come from i don't know and mabel then throws in a chained box. It's a big box, too. And what is in there? Oh, it's just her personal box of mysterious secrets. Nothing worth wondering about. So it's a mystery box? Oh, my God. J.J. Abrams. (laughs) J.J. So, yes. Dipper then asks the question, is a bottomless pit by definition isn't a bottomless pit by definition impossible, which it is. But I guess they'll never know, or will they? Because some wind starts picking up, and they run towards the shack, but Stan is not done throwing the The suggestion suggestion cards into the bottomless pit. Like, why are you doing that, Stan? And then Seuss. And from that, because Stan Stan was going to fall into the pit, but everybody grabs hold, and they fall together like a barrel of monkeys. Down the pit. And I love when Seuss's scream was like, oh no. It's some sort of invisible pushing force. I was going to say that. It's sort of a visible pushing force. <laughs> it's Alex Hirsch. And then they are just falling and screaming and they stop. And anybody want to scream some more? Mabel has a glow stick on her 
and uses that as a light. And so then they are trying to figure out what to do since they're in a bottomless pit and they are falling. Stan starts with card tricks. They all go up in the air, though. Ta-da! And then Susan was like, well, why don't we just tell some stories to pass the time? And they put, I'll tell you a story. It's called voiceover. And then we see the, like, the, the little logo for the story. And then we see Susan Mabel playing with waddles. They're spinning him around. And he gets to stand and they're like, spin the pig. I was like, come on, take Uncle Stan. You have to kiss the pig. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to kiss the pig. And I have, oh, you want to kiss a pig? You have never done it before? I was like, I will not answer that question. And then <laughs> Dipper is like, a, I need help quick. I think he said that he got bit by a, by a snake. I was like, oh, I need help quick. I was like, and then uh, Stan was like, I can't, I can't receive that squeaky puberty voice that you got there. I need to get to the hospital quick. And then it was like, your voice cracks so much. I was like, Susan was like, yes, we even made a techno mixtape. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I can definitely relate to that because my voice is very squeaky and cracks all the time. I'm 24 years old and my voice still cracks. It's really sad. But yes, they make a remix of it and everybody is dancing and laughing. You know, Dipper is very much upset by this because if you were, you'd be a little upset. Yes, I totally get it because also like for me, when I was a teenager, my voice didn't change. So I almost get to Dipper's kind of like problem in this episode, especially because I also do want to kind of like take a potion and having kind of like a, uh, like a narrator, epic narrator voice. That's the, that's, the, that's the voice that I wanted. Ah, yes. And we get that because old man McGucket just pops out of a hole and scares Dipper. <laughs> and he goes, or he he introduces himself again. He spits on his hand. <laughs> and why did you spit on your hand? I don't rightly know. <laughs> Dipper mentions, hey, I remember you. Your robot almost killed me. Yeah, and then Makako's like, please, come follow me in this scary alley. <laughs> yes, he's been tinker, uh, tickerizing with the voice alterizing tonic on account of my horrifying voice. <laughs> he makes a kid cry and run away. You can run, but I'll still be in your nightmares. So yes, Dipper takes this tonic. And he wakes up and he sounds like Jay Peterman from Seinfeld. I have an awesome voice. I did it. I did it. Mabel, it's me. This is my voice now. I sound awesome. Sound awesome. I, I sound more like Neil Patrick Harris in just, just Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> ah. Wait, wait. It's going to be legend. Just wait for it. Dairy. <laughs> oh, it's going to be legend. Wait for it. A dairy. <laughs> hey, that was a good news, Patrick Harris. <laughs> Why, thank you. Ah. <laughs> Magic. So what Dipper does with his voice, first he scares the shit out of Mabel, who hits him with a golf club, I think. Yes. And he then prank dials somebody. I don't know how he got... I think he just called the bar. Mabel just is like, I don't like your new voice, Dipper. Yes, in the following scene, you see uh, they go downstairs. And it was like, hello, Sus, my main man. And then Sus gets a broom. I was like, kill it, kill it with fire. And I'm like, 
I love Zeus being so Mexican that he grabs the broom because I also, as a Mexican, I always get a broom right next to me when I'm trying to fuck something. <laughs> I want to kill something with a broom. <laughs> oh, I love when Dipper's coming outside the door. Zeus is like, oh, you sound... I, you at least sounded like a real person, like, you know, talking about his old voice. Now you sound like some weird commercial. And he goes, I'll find Stan. He'll like my new voice. You'll see. I'll be right back after these messages. I mean, <laughs> I mean goodbye. <laughs> he walks by the bar and the tatted guy recognizes his voice and is going to beat him up. And he calls on everybody in the bar. That's a prank caller. Let's go get him. And everyone, yeah. And then he's getting chased by all of the guys from the bar. And then Magaket saves him. And they're like, Escape! Escape! And, uh, and then Magaket, um, the person was like, Your invention is a catastrophe. <laughs> and he goes, That's probably why I live in a dump. And he, then he dances. He does a little jig. Yes. And I was like, oh, I know what the mistake that I made. I gave you the professional voiceover, Batonic. <laughs> I could use that. Yeah. And so uh, Magake says that the, the, the effects was going to be only for a day. And then Dipper, at the same time that Magake is finding the rifle one, he, sing, he hears the mixtape again about his old voice, that he misses it. And then he listens to Mabel at the end. I was like, that this is for my brother. This is for my brother. His voice is unique. And then she was like, "Yeah, dude, we love you." And then he has a choice of like between getting the permanent tonic or keeping his old voice. So he goes back to the shack, and he's like, "Hi guys!" And I was like, "Oh, you're back!" And so, what happened to the to the other potion? And Dipper is like, "I, I put in his stance coffee." I was like. Where is my where is my girdle? Mm-hmm. Like a why are you laughing at Grandpa Stan? How dare you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kids laughing at they grunkle. <laughs> Kids laughing at they it, grunkle. It's essentially sassy black woman. Yes. And it's great. Coming out of Stan. And that's how the first story ends. And then we cut to Mabel's going, I spy with my little eye something that is black. That's your cue. Oh, I don't remember that answer. I didn't oh, yeah. oh, oh, everything. Everything. <laughs> Yay for Seuss. Yay for Seuss. Yay for Seuss. And then, I, right. and then I love that Mabel spins Dipper. Yes. And then you see Dipper like, ah. And ah! Then, uh, the story was like, a, I have a story, says Seuss. I was like, it's a, it's a re it's Seuss really great pinball story. Is that a good title? Do they have to be puns or whatever? <laughs> I love that. All of that appears on the title card yes i love that because i'm not good with fans so like i love that Sus. i was like i feel you Sus. i feel you so much <laughs> your mexican brother from another mother yes. he's my mexican brother from another universe totally awesome dude <laughs> i'll let you tell this story since it does primarily evolve around Sus. yeah so Sus is playing a pinball also i I fucking love pinball so much. So that's why I, I, this is my favorite story of the of the three of the three stories. So he's playing, he's playing, and then he's like, I almost so close. I'm almost four years. I have been playing for four years to get to the high score. I wanna beat this, especially this guy. It's called Pooh. And then and then, and then you see where uh Mabel and Dipper, they're like, 
what if you just tilted? I was like, no, that's against the rules. You don't have to do that. And then he loses again. I was like, okay, do it. And they're like, they're kind of tilting it. And then you, you, they see that the machine throws a really big green light. I was like, that's a really ominous green light. They're like, ah, and they scream and they're teleported inside the pinball machine. And they're also dressed as the as Western kind of the, kind of like times because it is a Western team pinball machine. Oh, and I need to mention that when Seuss gets the high score, he goes, "This is the best moment of my life." This totally beats my old best moment. And we see that it's Seuss pressing the eject button on a VHS player, and a piece of pizza comes out of yes. it, and he eats the pizza. <laughs> Which, to be fair, that is a pretty awesome moment. At the same time, you don't, that pizza's. How did that get in there? That's the question. Did the VHS machine got used before that moment? These are legitimate questions. <laughs> you can you can listen to last episode if you want to get that joke. Then they get transported into into inside the game, and then you see that the skulls like, no, because you you cheated. Now you're gonna be tilted. And they're like, they're, and I was like, oh no. And then they're like, Seuss and Dipper and me was like, and now you're going to get attacked by that multi ball. And you see all of the balls. I was like, damn it. I, I love multi balls in pinballs. I always love that feature. <laughs> oh, I love that when they get in there. <laughs> Seuss goes, hushed exclamation of wonder. <laughs> and he he's like, oh, did you zap me into your game to congratulate me? I beat Pooh, dude. Oh, I get it. It's a Trump reference. <laughs> but yes, they're also bouncing on all the pinball thingamajigs. Yes. Even Susie's trying to punch one of the bumpers and he uh, he also punches himself because he has to like bounce. <laughs> he bounce. Oh, he knocks himself out. It's hilarious. He, he does it three <laughs> times in a row. Like, come on, dude. Comes the multi-ball. And they run away like it. Raiders of the Lost Ark, because, you know, the giant boulder. Yes, and then they hide from the skull, and they're like, how how are we going to distract it? And so it's like, we need a plan. We need, like, people that they're experienced on jumping and making noises. And then you see Mabel was like, my time has come. <laughs> oh, and he's getting distracted by the pinball wench. He, he thinks it's a real girl. Oh... Possible oh, foreshadowing? Yeah, that's a big one. Is that a good one to to notice? I also love that uh, the pinball machine just goes. I'm not done teaching you a lesson about cheating yet. <laughs> just spilling it, spelling out what the whole lesson was about. Especially like I don't have a neck. Where are you, children? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, so Zeus also remembers that he knows the, uh, every single detail in the machine. He knows that there's a button that can stop the machine and reset it. But then he goes uh, under the board. He's seeing the big red uh, green button and he says, I was like, and then Mabel, uh, Mabel and Dipper, they're like, what are you doing? So press it. I was like, I can. Like, uh, this is one of my biggest accomplishments ever. And if I click this button, it will reset the whole machine. All of the high scores will be will be last forever. Then uh, the the skull is trying to suck them, kind of like suck it, Dipper and Mabel into the void of the pinball machine. And at the end, Zeus decides to push the button 
they get kicked out of the pinball machine and they're like, oh, the person was like, I'm sorry, Suze. I'm sorry that you had to lose one of your biggest accomplishments. I was like, no, that's okay. Now my, my biggest accomplishment will be to keep you safe, dudes. And I'm like, mm, foreshadowing season two? Yeah, that's drink every time we say foreshadowing or that comes in later. Oh, Chekhov's gun. So many, so many, so much foreshadowing. Blech. We haven't said Chekhov's gun in a, lo- in a long time. Yeah. You think that pinball wench will call me? <laughs> I also love that he says the term wench. And... You can't say that in the kids' show now. It's sexist. <laughs> oh, my God. Apparently. And that's the end of that story. And that is the second story. You are right. Oh, go over Stan's quick, yes. terrible story. Go to the, that one. I guess I'll do that one. So Stan, he has a story called Grunkle Stan wins the football bowl. So then we see Stan make a touchdown and dance. And this whole team is just going like, I thought that old folks were useless, but you taught me and Mike loading friends a lesson. And then there is a gigantic trophy. Here's your football winning trophy, Mr. Pines. Thanks, beautiful woman. But I couldn't have done it without my sidekick, Footbot. Thank you for building me, daddy. <laughs> and they're all booing him. And he goes, I even threw in a talking robot for the kids. Yes, and we you even see the fucking military plane showing the, the, the United States flag and like it's, so it's very American. Yeah, very America. America. <laughs> and then we get the introduction to the final story with the great title Truth Ache. Yep. And also, Billy, you're pretty good at noticing these references. We have that we have noticed before. The, the name of the of or Stan's car because it was written r- right at the beginning of that story that says El Diablo. Yeah. Was it was it mentioned before? I don't know where that came from. Yeah, because I remember that they mentioned the car, the car's name also two in season two, like three different times. But in season one, I think this is the first time we ever know that the the name of the car is El Diablo. Yeah, I never really noticed that before until Mabel just kept banging that same spot. All right, so we get Truthache, and it starts with Dipper, Mabel, and Stan in a driveway with mainly Dan, who tied a, tied up a bear. And what they're going to do with the bear, they're going to try to teach it to drive. <laughs> because the bear on the bicycle or unicycle has been done to death, but he teaches the bear drive, and the bear's actually doing pretty good. But... Sheriff Blubs and Deputy Durland pull Stan over. And what Stan says is, you see, I'm a very old man, not long for this earth, and the doctors assigned me a seeing eye bear to drive me to the hospital in case of an emergency. And they're like, where's the doctor's note? And Stan gives him a note, and it says, Stan is sick and needs a bear, Dr. Medicine. And then Blubs, I can't argue with Dr. Medicine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so then we cut to the shack and Stan is painting rocks under a title under a sign that says real gold but, you know lying because this is the theme of the episode lying and Mabel is like why are you why did you lie to those policemen it's you know it's always wrong and he goes 
when you get to be my age, you'll learn that you sometimes have to bend the truth for the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. Also, Chekhov's gone for season two. Technically, that phrase. The greater good. The greater good. <laughs> oh, hot fuzz. Classic. And while he's telling Mabel this, he's eating a plate of spaghetti. And it turns out it's dippers. And so what does Stan do? Of course, he blames it on Seuss. Oh, that poor guy. Just blame it on him because he's fat. That's fat phobic, Stan. Jerk. <laughs> fat shaming. It's fat shaming. Yeah, this is a dark day. And then we see Mabel with Waddles. I was like, what don't we what do we do, Waddles? And then she's grabbing the cheeks of Waddles like, he needs to stop lying. You should check Dipper's journal. I was like, that's a good idea, Waddles. <laughs> so And then so Mabel looks into the journal and they look into the walls for like the how how do you call that in English? Like a denture? Oh yes, dentures. And they are truth teeth. And that grants the user an inability to lie. And she puts the teeth in Stan's mouth because Stan has dentures and he's old. Ew. Also, a little detail. When Mabel, she's putting the, the teeth, you see that, that Stan is sleeping and he has a book on top of him that says plot twist, the plot twist, the book. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. I never noticed that. I noticed that until now. That was like, that's a good foreshadowing too. <laughs> so to see if it works, she wakes up Stan and she asks what happened to Dipper Spaghetti. And he says, you know, I ate it because I have little to no concern about other people's possessions or emo emotions. That was almost strangely candid. Or that was strangely candid. Almost as if I am unable to lie. Look at the camera. And goes back to sleep. And Dipper uh, points out the obvious that it's a terrible idea. And Mabel's like, no, 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 he's always going to be telling the truth. It's good. Immediately, it ends up being a bad idea because Dipper asks, what do you actually do during your lunch break? And he goes, I just spend the hour aggressively scratching myself in places in places I shouldn't mention. <laughs> and I'm going to avoid making eye contact by pretending to read this newspaper and going into the bathroom without washing my hands. <laughs> Appropriately, you. <laughs> yeah wash your hands if yes. you don't that's fucking nasty dude wash your hands wear a mask just to make it more a little political <laughs> and then we see the following scene all like a, it's gonna be okay deeper and then we see Stata at the shag and then you see a tourist like do you think that this shirt will fit me will fit you no hey look at public look at this man's unattractive face <laughs> <laughs> And Mabel's just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yes, everybody is, or Dipper and Mabel are just getting so sick of the truth telling. They can't take it anymore. Because then we see Dipper with uh, Stan at his office. was like, what are you doing? I'm just filling out my tax forms. And he shows the 1040 was they says, I committed tax fraud. <laughs> Yep. And so what does he do? He he, shred, he shreds the paper. And then Blubs and Derland come by to check up because, of course, there is no doctor medicine and gravity falls. And we see that Stan is telling the truth. And he goes, 
I've also parked in handicapped spaces, shoplifted fireworks, and smuggled endangered animals from across multiple state lines. Also, you're fat. Blabs, is that true? And me was like, no, no, no. It's the, it's the Stan is now a crime fiction author. He's made, he's the, was telling about the plot of his new novel, Crying Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Mabel had to lie. <gasps> Twist. And she also calls, she, she says to Daryl, uh, no, Blubs, have you lost weight? And he goes, finally, someone noticed. <laughs> and Deputy Daryl just goes, can you teach me how to read? <laughs> so, yes. Also, a joke that we skip. Or the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. A joke that we skip, we see Stan watching the TV, and then we see a man that is technically drawn like Alice Hirsch, trying to balance like a lot of different like balls next to some crocodiles. And then Stan says, like, sometimes I think, is this all there is? Is life, is life just some kind of horrific joke without a punchline? They were just biding our time until our, the sweet release of death. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, then... Dipper and Mabel tackle Stan and take the teeth out. We find that the teeth were put into the box that they never saw again until it was thrown into the pit. And that's how we get to the present. Yes, and we see that box. And we also see Seuss's shoes. And Stan just goes, I like the part with the bear. Everything else seems pretty far-fetched. And yes, they just lived through it. So that is immediately what happened before they threw everything in the bottomless pit. After that, they see some light coming up because it turns out it's not a bottomless pit. It's a very deep pit, but it will spit back the thing that they threw into the pit. And so, yes, it turns out that they pass through some sort of wormhole Stan ends up well he leans on a sign that was you know advertising the bottomless pit and it breaks and he falls into the hole again Mabel's just like oh he'll be fine oh yeah and then they also all agreed that they are going to keep the bottomless pit story to themselves because it's just too far fetched and that's the episode and then we cut to the credits and it's just Stan falling down. <laughs> and he just goes, this is stupid. And that's the end. So we got some character revelations. You learn that Deputy Durland is illiterate. And Stan ha- wears dentures. Continuity is in Dipper's voiceover part of the episode. The charge to $200 on the price sign. It's still there. Stan has a new fez. As the goat, which we forgot to mention in this episode, ate the original from the previous episode because he he was eating the fez while Stan was doing that dance. Dipper mentions the old man McGucket's robot that nearly killed him in the second episode, The Legend of the Gobblewonker. Mr. Poolcheck from the next episode appears inside the bar. <gasps> oh, good one. The Shred Pal, first seen in Boss Mabel, makes a reappearance. You know, the thing that shreds stuff. 
when Stan confesses his crimes to the police, he mentions that he had been parking in handicapped spaces, which we saw him do in Summerween, and Deputy Darland cannot read, so Mabel confirmed that. Oh, so the crossing animals from the, from different state lines, that's kind of like some foreshadowing that we're going to know in Season 2, some backstory that we're going to know. Yes. So, some general trivia. Episode was watched by 3.095 million viewers, so a little less than uh, Boss Mabel. Uh, promotional art for the Gravity Falls pilot showed Dipper, Mabel, and Stan falling into a bottomless pit similar to this episode. As of this episode, the design of Stan's Fez has been retconned. The new design has a dot put in the fish's mouth, and the fish body changed from an arc to a circle missing a wedge, similar to Pac-Man. The opening sequence has also been changed to include this new design, and fa- flashbacks to previous episodes and episodes after this one use this new design. That's a good observation. And again, the story titles are voiceover, Seuss's really great pinball story. Is that a good title? Do they have to be puns or whatever? Grunkle Stan wins the football bowl and Truthache. It's revealed that Gideon's been sending Mabel love letters. Gross. You were you already mentioned that during Mabel's story, the Pines are watching a caricature of Alex Hirsch riding a unicycle and juggling while surrounded by alligators. Yeah. Stan's revealed to have committed tax fraud, smuggling animals over border, and faking doctor's notes. And in Mabel's story, she mentions Dipper's journal, which Stan isn't supposed to know about. It's revealed later that he might know about it. Mm -hmm. And of course, I have to end it with a new cipher because it's all numbers, which is the A1Z26 cipher. And once decoded, it reads, next up, Footbot 2, Grunkle's Gravenge. Interesting. And that's the episode. So what did you think of the first of the two anthology episodes? I really like it because, I, like I said, I feel identified with deeper struggles of changing his voice. Even though my voice didn't change a lot, but I really like that. I really like that one. Even though, yeah, I think if you want to choose between all three of them, eh, the voice one is my favorite. What do you th- Yeah, I think I like the voice one just because I identified with that the most. Although I do identify a little bit with the telling the truth. I'm a terrible liar, so I can really relate to that, how irritating it is to tell the truth all the time. Mm, so you will not you will not survive in Rosewood, Pennsylvania? No. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, god damn it. I know what you're referring to now. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> The lesson is sometimes it's okay to lie for the greater good. It's not right to always lie, and it's not always right to always tell the truth. Got to have the balance. I like that in the pinball one. It's don't cheat, and when it comes down to it, you uh, Seuss is a good guy, and he will always do the right thing when the moment comes. But yes, I think that this episode really you got to base it off of the stories and these are all really good stories it's it's different and again much like the last episode pretty decent overall so what was your what would be your rating uh for for the whole team i will give it an eight i'll give it an eight and a half 
Ooh, nice. yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. I think it's definitely better. This is the anthology episode that's definitely better than the other one. Yes, yes, you have a really big point there. Mm-hmm. So with that, that wraps up another episode. So you want to plug the socials, buddy? Yes, you can follow me at RaulVaderRDC on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and on TikTok, and start us at, at RaulVaderRDC. And you can follow the podcast at SYNSPod. You can make us some suggestions, uh, give us a review on us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and the other ones that I don't remember. And you, Billy? Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at BeeBusterBill. All the Bs are capitalized. You can follow me on Instagram at Billy Batson's Lightning. Nothing is capitalized, and you can follow the Twitter again at SYNS Pod. You can also give us a review and star review on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on Spotify and Anchor, and you can also leave us a voice message on Anchor if you want. Yes, yes, you can, especially because of all of the good things that we're going to do on season two. Kind of like and see you next summer. Remember, reality is an illusion.